So we're coming to the end, <clears throat> excuse me, of our study of the book of Daniel that gives us this big picture overview and which helps us to be able to frame the rest of our studies as we go into Revelation and finish off our studies with regards to the last three and a half years, the Great Tribulation period. As before, I would suggest you have you will pause and read through Daniel chapter 12. I will read through the various um, sections, passages, as we go through and discuss them and, and, and I'll talk about them. Um, so you can pause now and have a quick read through Daniel chapter 12, the 13 verses of it. Right, we're going to begin by looking at the first three verses. Amplified version, as normal or as usual. Verse 1. Now at the end time, Michael, the great angelic prince who stands God over the children of your people, will arise. And there will be a time of distress such as never occurred since that there was a nation until that time. But at that time, your people, everyone who is found written in the book of life, will be rescued. Many of those who sleep in the dust of the ground will awake, resurrect, these to eternal everlasting life, but some to disgrace and everlasting contempt or abhorrence. Verse 3. Those who are spiritually wise will shine brightly like the brightness of the expanse of heaven, and those who lead many to righteousness will shine like the stars forever and ever. Powerful verse this, powerful chapter, as we wrap up this powerful book of uh, end times prophecy in the Old Testament. Now there are three things I want to highlight to you in these verses. In the first section of Daniel chapter 1, um, the first thing I want to highlight comes out of Daniel chapter 1, the first part of the verse. Now at that end time, Michael the great angelic prince who stands God over the children of your people will arise. Now, I don't want to go into a full study of angelology and relate it into um, end times. I will probably want to do that at a later stage. <coughs> but what I want to tell you about now is that the interaction between the third heaven, second heaven, and first heaven is very close and intimate. It happens all the time and regularly, in spite of the fact that we here in the first heaven and sometimes in the Christian church think that this interaction doesn't exist between the angels and God and us. This interaction is going to increase as we get closer to this last seven-year period where God fulfills His promises to the Jewish nation, those six things that He said He was going to do in the 490 years. And so we need to, we need to get our head around this supernatural events, effects, um, visitations and our lives and our physical lives as we go about our daily business, especially as we go into that period of time, this 
the barriers, if you if you could, if I could use that term, the barriers um, between these various realms are going to get thinner and thinner, and um, the interaction between them is going to get more and more. And so, what you see here could possibly correspond, and we'll talk about it when we open the Book of Revelation again, when there's this supernatural war in the second heaven and Michael casts the devil down to planet earth for the last three and a half years so there's an incredible period of time ahead where this is going to take place another thing to pay attention to during this period of time is it's going to be a time of great distress I'm going to read to you quite a few verses of scripture with, re with regards to that. But the distress is going to be focused in on the nation of Israel. And it's going to radiate out around the globe. It will affect mankind. And it will be the worst period of time in human history. And so when we go in and we start looking at Revelation chapter 6 to Revelation chapter 19... We are basically focusing in on these last seven years and specifically on the last three and a half years. And it's this period of time that Jesus himself says is unprecedented in the history of everything. Deuteronomy chapter 4 verse 30. When you are in distress and tribulation and all these things come on you in the latter days, you will return to the Lord your God and listen to his voice. Jeremiah 30 verse 7, Alas, for that day is great. There is none like it. It is the time of Jacob's unequaled trouble, but he will be saved from it. Remember what I said? The focus, the primary focus will be in on Israel, turning them back to recognize Jesus, their Messiah. Matthew 24, 21 for at that time there will be a great tribulation, pressure, distress, oppression, such as has never occurred since the beginning of the world until now, nor ever will again. So that's the first point I want to highlight out of these verses of scripture of Daniel chapter 12 verse 1 to 3. The second point is the point of distress which I've started to speak about now. And there will be a time of great distress such as never occurred. And that's my second point. Um, let's read further on in Matthew 24, 22. And in those days, and if those days of tribulation had not been cut short, no human life would have been saved. But for the elect's sake, but for the sake of the elect, God's chosen ones, those days will be shortened. And then my third point is an interesting point. But at that time, your people, everyone who is found written in the book of life will be rescued. So we've got this occurrence of this rec recording of names in the book of life or the book. Uh, Daniel chapter 7 verse 18. But the saints, the believers of the Most High God, will receive the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever for all ages to come. Verse 27 of Daniel chapter 7. Then the kingdom and the dominion and the greatness of all the kingdoms under the whole heaven will be given to the people of the saints of the Most High, 
his kingdom will be an everlasting kingdom and all dominion will uh, all domains will serve and obey him and so you've got these three points highlighted basically in the first couple of verses of scripture that the the the, the interaction of the supernatural i want to point out to you the the the, the the violence of that period of time will be unequaled and then an encouragement to say that you if your name is written in the lamb's book of life no matter what happens to you at that period of time you your eternal future will be secured in Jesus Christ let's move on to verse 2 daniel 12 many of those who sleep in the dust of the ground will awake and that's the resurrection those to everlasting life first resurrection but some to disgrace and everlasting contempt abhorrence second resurrection so here we see Daniel beginning to talk about two resurrections of the dead uh, now, I know it doesn't say the resurrection of the dead. It says others will awake to disgrace and everlasting contempt. But in the Old Testament, this is the first mention of a twofold resurrection. Everlasting life and the one to disgrace and everlasting contempt. In Revelation chapter 20, verse 12 to 14, we have a clarification of the resurrection of the wicked that will occur at the end of the millennium reign and not the end of the tribulation, not the end of the seven years. So the second resurrection will take place at the end of the millennium reign. Let's read those verses of scripture. Revelation 20, 12 to 14. And I saw the dead, the great and the small, standing before the throne and the books were opened. Then another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to what they had done as written in the books, that is, everything done while on earth. And the sea gave up the dead who were in it, and death and Hades, the realm of the dead, surrendered the dead who were in them. And they were judged and sentenced, everyone according to their deeds. Then death and Hades, the realm of the dead, were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire, the eternal separation from God. John chapter 5, 25 to 29, talks about this resurrection. I assure you and most solemnly say to you, a time is coming and is here now when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear it will live. For just as the Father has life in himself and is self-existent, even so he has given to the Son to have life in himself and be self-existent. And he, was given him, and he has given him authority to execute judgment because he is a son of man, sinless humanity, qualified, qualifying him to sit in judgment on mankind. Now verse 29, 28 I mean. Do not be surprised at this, for time is coming when all those who are in the tombs will hear his voice and they will come out. Those who did good things will come out to a resurrection of new life. But those who did evil things will come out to a resurrection of judgment that is to be sentenced. Now listen to that, those two verses in the NIV. Do not be amazed at this, for a time is coming 
when all who are in the graves will hear his voice and come out. Those who have done what is good will rise to live, and those who have done what is evil will rise to be condemned. Again, from Daniel, coming from Daniel, the clarification with, what, with the words of Jesus, and then a further clarification with the words of Jesus through John the Apostle in the book of Revelation. Let's move on to verse 3 of Daniel chapter 12. Those who are spiritually wise will shine brightly like the brightness of the expanse of heaven, and those who lead many to righteousness will, will shine like the stars forever and ever. So reward follows resurrection, and we can look at the contents of our judgment as, as believers whose names have been written in the Lamb's Book of Life in the book of Corinthians, where our works will be tested by fire. I think it's 1 Corinthians 3 or 2 Corinthians 3, somewhere around there. Our works will be tested by fire, whether they be gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, or stubble. And I've given many insights into my perspective on what they will be. So, those who have insight into the importance of remaining faithful to God, and who do so, and who stand firm, they're going to receive glory. The next reward, those who lead others to do what is right, <clears throat> or righteousness. In my perspective, who make disciples, they will be rewarded. And their glory is going to be the glory that is like the stars in the night sky. They're going to shine like the stars in the night sky. Matthew 13, 43. Then the righteous, those who seek the will of God, will shine forth radiating the new life like the sun in the kingdom of their father. He who has ears to hear, let him hear and heed my words. I really, I really love this. It's really, it's really great what what the, how you can trace all this tie this all together and expand and expound on on various different types of of doctrines so their glory will involve the privilege of reigning with Jesus in the millennium and there and there ever after as well and it'll never be taken from them revelation 20 verse 4 and then i saw thrones and sitting on them were those to whom judgment, that is the authority to act as judges, was given. And I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded because of their testimony of Jesus, and because of the word of God, and those who had refused to worship the beast or his image, and had not accepted his mark on their forehead or on their hand. And they came to life and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. So, as we go back into the book of Revelation, our next study into the book of Revelation, and we deal with the last half of the Revelation, these are the things that you need to be able to keep in mind because Daniel basically gives us this overview. And here in these verses of Scripture, we are seeing the doctrines of the resurrection of the dead being uh, expounded and the doctrine of eternal life, the uh, life eternal. And even the most skeptical Old Testament scholars have to concede the presence of these doctrines in these in, in, in these chapter in these verses. And so the vision now gets ended in verse 4. Daniel 12 4. But as for you, Daniel, 
conceal these words and seal up the scroll until the end of time. Many will go back and forth and search anxiously through the scroll, and knowledge of the purpose of God as revealed by his prophets will greatly increase. So the the angel tells Daniel to seal the scroll up. Now, whether whether that is just a fixing a physical seal or or, or there is a supernatural seal, I, I personally think maybe both. But in view of Amos 8 verse 12, we, we, we read these verses of scripture. People shall stagger from sea to sea to the very ends of the earth. And from the north even to the east, they will roam here and there to seek the word of the Lord, longing for it as essential for life, but they will not find it. So <clears throat> more than likely, even if he had placed a physical seal on the scroll that he'd been writing to, to hold it together, there would be a, a, a supernatural seal placed on the prophecy in terms of its revelation. Now, people would then start to try and understand and go in and search the scriptures and read them and try to discover what is meant. But only as time ticks by and as we get closer and closer to the, to the actual events beginning, will there be an unveiling, an apocalypso of these books. And what could possibly be happening here is that the book of Revelation is the unveiling possibly of the book of Daniel. So what we've seen in Daniel is, 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 is we have this overview and we have this understanding looking back over history to when he, from when he wrote and then looking forward towards what could possibly be the beginning of the seven-year period within our lifetimes, maybe. We have a deeper understanding because of the times together with understanding the book of Revelation, all the subsequent works, the, the words of Jesus, the words of Paul, the words of the Holy Spirit through Paul, etc., etc., these books now are starting to unlock or be unsealed. And the more we begin to study the books and the scriptures, just like the example of Daniel when he was reading the, 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 the book of Jeremiah, the revelation of, this, of, of, of the ending of the judgment on Israel came to him and he began to pray and fast and this proceeded to unlock him or, 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 be, or a, 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 an answer being sent from heaven to him by Gabriel and this whole book of Daniel now came about in terms of the various visions of what was to take place over the next 490 years, the 70 weeks. So that example now interpreted, interpreted into our life should drive us into the study of scriptures, of the scriptures, specifically a study of eschatology, which is 25% of the scriptures. And the more we go in and study, the more revelation we are going to be given. And the minute we get the revelation, what we need to then do is go before the Lord 
and pray. Repent, pray, seek his face and then ask him what we need to be doing. Because the time we are going into, Jesus himself has said will be unequaled in terms of its violence. All right, let's move on. Chapter 5 to chapter 13. Go and reread those passages of scripture. And we're going to deal with a couple of questions that get asked through these passages of scripture. So the book of Daniel gets questions and answers. It ends with questions and answers. So here's the first question. In verses 5 and 6. The question is this, how long will it be until the end of these wonders? So let's read that whole two verses of scripture. Verse 5. Then I, Daniel, looked and behold, there stood two others. The one on this bank, the angel and of the river, and the other angel on, the other, uh, on that bank of the river. Verse 6. And one said to the man dressed in linen, who was above the waters of the river, how long will it be until the end of these wonders? So Daniel sees two angels, and the one angel now asks the angel dressed in linen that we see in chapter 10, verse 5 to 6, who is above the river. He now is, 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 is asking about these events. Now it's interesting because this points me to an interesting scripture that we find in 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 12. It was revealed to them that their services, their prophecies regarding grace, was not meant for themselves and their time, but for you. In these things, the death, resurrection, and glorification of Jesus Christ, which have now been told to you by those who preached the gospel to you by the power of the Holy Spirit, who was sent from heaven, into these things even the angels long to look. So there is a subject concerning mankind that from my perspective fascinates the angel. Excuse me, that's my dog sneezing. She woke herself up. So the, the where was I? All right, the angels looking into these matters. So I can imagine, now this is my imagination and my speculation, that the fallen angels, the angels that followed Lucifer, probably also want to understand this, this thing of grace. Why does God have so much grace towards mankind? What is all of this about? And actually hate this topic of grace. Where the other angels, the elect angels, the angels that decided not to follow Satan, but stayed loyal to God, Look in and marvel at this. And so here we have a scene. We've got Daniel, we've got this angel, and then we've got the appearance of two other angels on the riverbanks. And um, the angel asks the angel above the river, how long will it be until the end of these wonders? Verse 7 gives us the answer. And I heard the man dressed in linen, who was above the waters of the river, as he held up his right hand and his left hand towards heaven, and swore by him who lives forever, that it was for a time, times, 
and half a time. In other words, three and a half years. And as soon as they finished shattering and crushing the power of the holy people, all these things will be finished. So the angel above the river swears by the eternal God that what he is about to say is absolutely the truth. Now normally when a person swears, they raise their hand towards God, towards heaven, to, say, to indicate that this is the truth that they are, they, are, they are speaking. For example, Deuteronomy 32 verse 40 says, Indeed, I lift my hand to heaven and say, as I live forever, or swear by an oath. This angel puts both hands up, okay, really stressing the truthfulness of what he is revealing. And so what he is revealing is three and a half years. How long will it be until the end of these wonders? And the angel says three and a half years. So three and a half years, as soon as they finish shattering and crushing the power of the holy people, all these things will be finished. It's going to take three and a half years. Times, time, times, and half a time. We get that from Daniel chapter 7, 25. He will speak words against the Most High. Now we're talking about the Antichrist. And will wear down the saints of the Most High. And he will intend to change the times and law and they will be given into his hand for a time, times, so a time is one, times is two, and half a time, three and a half years. So you can see how this all builds up and gives you a picture when you begin to study it. So the shattering and crushing of the power of the holy people. The Antichrist will have them in his hands. So he's going to wear down the saints of the Most High. He's going to speak words against God. And he is going to try and prevent Jesus Christ from coming onto the planet Earth, Revelation 19, 19, and prevent Jesus from doing the three things we read, we've read about and discussed in Daniel chapter 9. The last three things Jesus has to do. And this period, the angel's asking, how long will this period take place for these things to take place in? What is the time frame? Three and a half years. Okay, three and a half years. <clears throat> so even though the enemy will have control over one seven over the people of Jerusalem, and even though the the um, it's actually good news because the intense level of persecution will only be for three and a half years. Zechariah 14, 2-3, For I will gather all the nations against Jerusalem to battle, and the city will be captured and the houses plundered and the women ravished, and half the city will be exiled, but the rest of the people will not be cut off from the city. And then the Lord will go forth and fight against those nations as when he fights on the day of battle. So, yes, it's going to be horrific, but it's going to end well, and the time is going to be cut short for us and for Israel. Verse 8 of Daniel chapter 12, we get uh, the second question gets asked. 
what will be the outcome of these things? Let's read the whole verse. As for me, I heard, but I did not understand. So I said, my Lord, what will be the outcome of these things? So now Daniel's asking the question. Angel asked the first question. Daniel comes in and asks the second question. He's having trouble understanding the revelation or processing what has been spoken to him and what he has seen in the vision with regards to how it's going to end. So now from verses 9 to 13 of Daniel chapter 12, the angel above the river now gives him the answers. So verse 9 starts off with, And the angel said, Go your way, Daniel, for the words are concealed and sealed up until the end of time. So the, Dan, the, the angel now reminds Daniel of what we've already spoken about in verse 4, that Daniel had to conceal the words and seal up the scroll until the end of time. So the angel, in answer to Daniel, what will be the outcome of these things? The angel says, go your way, Daniel, for the words are concealed and sealed up until the end of time. So Daniel had done the job. Verse 10, many will be purged, purified, in other words, made white and refined, but the wicked will behave wickedly. None of the wicked shall understand, but those who are spiritual will understand. Now, two interesting things to note. This period of time coming is going to be horrific. It's going to be terrible for the saints and for the nation of Israel. <clears throat> and the persecution that is coming, the wrath of God being poured out on the world, that we're going to talk more about when we go into the book of, the, the book of Revelation. And also now we have the wrath of Satan coming. And being poured out. The events that these things result from will cause many to turn to the Lord and experience a purification process within their lives. So that's the first thing that you need to understand. The second thing that you need to understand is that even though things are going from bad to worse to reach a state of never ever before being experienced in world history and never will be again. The shocking thing is that the wicked, they're going to continue on acting wickedly and it's going to get worse because they just don't understand or want to understand. Listen to these verses of scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, 14. But the nature, the, but, uh, sorry, let me restart that again. But the natural unbelieving man does not accept the things, the teachings and the revelations of the Spirit of God. For they are foolishness, absurd and illogical to him. And he is incapable of understanding them. Because they are spiritually discerned and appreciated and he is unqualified to judge spiritual matters. Let that sink in just a little bit. You, you, you speak to a wicked man. You speak to an unsaved man who is not interested in accepting the grace of God 
and the Lord Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior, you try and speak to him on a spiritual level. You're going to be looking at a foolish man. You're going to be looking at a fool. The Bible says a fool does not, does not believe in God. And he will be incapable of comprehending what is coming. Now, when, when, when we go and study the build-up to the middle of the tribulation period and the, and the release of the mark of the beast, and we now start looking at the different things that could take place, you're going to start to see people willingly right now today hungering after these things without any conception or understanding of the eternal destiny that what these things uh, give them is an eternal destiny in the lake of fire. They just, they just, there's no comprehension. They want this stuff. And this is what this means. It's, it's, it, it's some, sometimes it blows my mind when I try and think about this. Revelation 13.10 If anyone is destined for captivity, he will go into captivity. If anyone kills with a sword, he must be killed with a sword. Here is the call for the patient endurance and the faithfulness of the saints, which is seen in the response of God's people to difficult times. So the wise, the people that are in the word of God, the people that are studying the word of God, the people that are asking the Holy Spirit for wisdom and revelation and understanding, the people that are paying attention to the divine revelations that have been poured out around them on a daily basis. These are the people that are going to understand what is happening. These are the people you need to get close to. These are the people you need to get to know. These are the people you need to become. So this verse provides motivation for you to begin to get into the Word of God and study the Word of God personally. Use things like these podcasts and other people's material who are qualified, true teachers and preachers of the doctrines of the Lord Jesus Christ. Use this material to help you break open the Word of God. But you need to have a personal understanding and revelation of the Word of God for yourself. Because I want you to think about this. When this event breaks open, all usual communication sources that you are that, that, that you have access to right now will not be in existence. You will not be able to maybe switch on your computer and access podcasts via the internet. Because it'll be shut down. You're going to have to go to the Word of God itself, the Bible itself. If they haven't taken your Bible. So you need to be motivated now. You need to be paying attention to what God is saying in His Word. You need to be paying attention to what God is saying through His Holy Spirit to you. You need to be paying attention to what God is saying through what is happening around the world, geopolitically, geographically, in the signs in the heavens, all that stuff you need to be paying attention to. 
And so it will help us not to be naive or ignorant as we start seeing this book and what has been mentioned in this book become unsealed before our very eyes. Prophecy being fulfilled before our very eyes. Maybe you need to pay attention to and possibly go back and listen to that prophecy, or the not the prophecy, the, the talk I gave where I got from Jacob Prash, with, which, which talks about the acceleration of prophecies as we get closer to the event taking place. And we use the example of the first coming of Jesus, how over a period of a couple of hundred years, you had maybe one or two, and then over a couple of, a couple of days, you had 90% of the prophecy being fulfilled. I stand cor uh, under correction with regard to the figures I've just quoted there. I'm just talking out the top of my head there. So the wicked, they're not going to get better. Despite post-millennials, despite social evolutionists and what they believe, despite the hype and rhetoric of the New World Order and the promise extended to mankind of a better humanity, a transgenic humanity, despite the promises coming from the devil himself that you're going to be like gods, you're going to live forever, and you're going to have knowledge uncountable if you serve him. Despite all of that, mankind is not going to get better. 2 Timothy 3.13 But evil men and imposters will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. <clears throat> Daniel chapter 12, 11. From the time that the regular sacrifice, that is the daily burnt offering, is taken away from and the abomination of desolation is set up, ruining the temple for the worship of the true God, there will be 1,290 days. So we're still having the question answered of Daniel, where Daniel says, what will be the outcome of these, uh, the, these things? The first question was, how long will it take for these wonders to take place? And so we get the period, three and a half years. Daniel now comes along and says, what, what, what's the outcome going to be? And he gets told, listen, go your way, Daniel. The book has been sealed up, but... From the time the regular sacrifice, that is the daily burnt offering, is taken away and the abomination of desolation is set up. There seems to be two events there. Ruining the temple for worship of the true God, there will be 1,290 days. So more information starts coming Daniel's way. Also a little bit difficult to understand. So the angel now gives us a measurement, a second measurement of time. So from the end of the tribulation, going back into the tribulation, to when the sacrifices and the, the abomination of desolation gets set up in the temple. So 1,290 days between these events. Abomination of desolation. So sacrifices end and the abomination of desolation gets set up. And second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. 1,290 days, the end of the tribulation. Now, let's begin to tie things together here. Jesus 
speaks of the prophet Daniel. Now, Matthew 24, verse 15, he says this. So when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by the prophet Daniel standing in the holy place, let the reader understand. So the, 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 that sacrilege that takes place in the temple, you need to understand. So, so here we've got Daniel, the angel speaking to Daniel, and he's giving us a time frame. Jesus is affirming this by requoting it and, and attributing the title prophet to Daniel. So we've got this clear, definitive marker that we can latch on to when we go in and study the book of Revelation. And that is the ending of the daily sacrifice and the abomination of desolation. The second marker that we have is 1,290 days later, the end of the tribulation period. So we've got two markers and we've got a period of time. In answer to the first question, we've got three and a half years. How long will it be until the end of these wonders? And so we've got the three and a half year period that the Antichrist will be allowed to be loosed within this time frame. So at the beginning of the seven years, the white horseman is released, the four horsemen, the Antichrist. He builds up his power base. The beasts are released, the two beasts false prophet and the antichrist builds up his power base and we've spoken about that we've gone through that prior to going into the book of daniel and we've paused our revelation study just prior to the middle of the seven years so now we are starting to get an indication from daniel and from jesus that the middle of the seven years begins with the sacrifice and the abomination being set up in the holy place and it lasts for 1,290 days. Now, this is 30 days longer than the three and a half years mentioned in answer to the first question. So I'm going to give you some speculation because I don't know why. But here's some speculation with regards to the three and a half years. So we've got three and a half years. I'm going to read to you the various scriptures that give three and a half years. Daniel 12, 7, And I heard a man dressed in linen who was above the waters of the river as he held up his right hand, and that's the one we've read now, verse 7, chapter 12, and his left hand towards heaven and swore by him who lives forever, that is, it would be for a time, times, and half a time. As soon as they have finished shattering and crushing the power of the holy people, all these things will be finished. So that's the answer to the first question, the three and a half years. Chapter 7, verse 25 of Daniel, he will speak words against the Most High. We've read this again about the Antichrist. Wear down the saints, change times and laws. They will be given into his hands three and a half years. Okay. Revelation eleven two, But leave out the court of the Gentiles, which is outside the temple, and do not measure it, because it has been given to the Gentiles, the nations, and they will trample the holy city for 42 months, three and a half years. Revelation 12, 6. Then the woman fled into the wilderness, where she had 
a place prepared by God so that she would be nourished there for a thousand two hundred and sixty days. Forty-two months, three and a half years. Revelation chapter 12 verse 14, But the two wings of the great eagle were given to the woman so that she could fly into the wilderness to her place where she was nourished for a time and times and half a time, three and a half years, away from the presence of the serpent. Revelation 13 5, And the beast was given a mouth, the power of speech, uttering great things and arrogant and blasphemous words, and he was given freedom and authority to act and do as he pleased for 42 months, three and a half years. So we've got the three and a half years and we've got the 1,290 days and we've got a 30-day period that is extra. So what could that possibly be? Well, here are a couple of views. Hold them loosely in your hand. As we get closer, it will be revealed to us. So, possibly, the first one is the Antichrist stops the sacrifice and prepares the temple for the abomination for 30 days before the middle of the tribulation begins so so that so he has a 30 day period before the middle of the tribulation begins so the start of the 1290 days begins 30 30 days before so that gives him time to end the sacrifice and then build the abomination desolation in the temple and then the three and a half years begins satan possesses him and he begins to rule, Mark of the Beast comes out. A similar view, Antichrist may announce the termination of sacrifices and offerings and the setting up of the abomination 30 days before he carries out the act. So whenever that is, is that the beginning, exact middle of the seven years, or is 30 days prior, or exact middle of the 30 years, that's three and a half years, and he gives 30 days notice, and bang, it starts. Another option is that there's a 30-day period between the time the Antichrist abolishes the sacrifice and sets up the abomination, which we've spoken of. And the fourth possibility is that the 30 days gets extended beyond the three and a half years at the end. So it now is the cleansing period of the temple and the judgment's been issued on the nations by Jesus Christ. So it takes him 30 days to cleanse the temple of all the atrocities of the Antichrist, summon the nations to him, and implement his judgment. Listen to this passages, these passages of scripture here. Ezekiel 20, 34-38 I will bring you out from the peoples and will gather you from the, from the countries in which you are scattered with a mighty hand and will outstretch arm and with wrath poured out. And I will bring you into the wilderness of the peoples, and there I will enter into judgment with you and contend with you face to face. As I entered into judgment with your fathers in the wilderness of the land of Egypt, so I will enter into judgment and contend with you, says the Lord God. I will make you past, pass under the rod, as the shepherd does with his sheep when he counts them, and I will count you as mine and constrain you and bring you into the bond of the covenant to which you are permanently bound. And I will separate you from the rebels and those who transgress against me, and I will bring them out of the land where you temporarily live, but they will not enter the land of Israel. Thus you will know without any doubt that I am the Lord. 
and then you apply the scripture in Daniel 9 with regards to the six things that Jesus will be accomplishing in the last three could be within that 30-day period. Matthew 25, 31 to 46. But when the Son of Man comes in glory and majesty and all the angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him for judgment, and he will separate them from one another as a shepherd separates his sheep from the goats. And he will put the sheep on his right hand, the place of honor, and the goats on his left hand, the place of rejection. Then the king will say to those on his right hand, <coughs> excuse me, Come, you blessed of my father, you favored of God, appointed to eternal salvation. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you in the foundation, from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me with help and ministering care. I was in prison and you came to me ignoring personal danger. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry or feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? And when did we see you as a stranger and invite you in or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? The king will answer them and, and, and say to them, I assure you and most solemnly say to you, to the extent that you did this for one of these brothers of mine, even the least of them, you did it for me. Then he will say to those on his left, Leave me, you cursed ones, into the eternal fire, which has been prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not invite me in. And naked and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison and you did not visit me with help and ministering care. Then they, will, then they also in their turn will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or as a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not minister to you? Then he will say, reply to them, I assure you and most solemnly say to you to the extent that you did it for one of the least of these my followers, you did it for me. Then those unbelieving people will go away into eternal unending punishment. But for those who are righteous and in right standing with God will go by his remarkable grace into eternal unending life. So possibly that 30-day period could be where this, this, this judgment takes place, the judgment of the nations. What is my view? Well, I hold things loosely in my hands. So if we are entering into this period of time, obviously you've got my view of what happens life under the horseman. And as we get closer and closer to the breaking of the sixth seal, which, which I believe will be the pass of the Wormwood system, the first pass that the earth goes through the, the Wormwood system's um, tail of it traveling through our solar system. From that period of time, I'll be on very, very high alert. So we've got about a five-month period before we go through the second pass of the tail of that system, which, is, which, which activates all the trumpets. Within that period of time, we've got the middle of the tribulation period. This is my understanding, the three and a half years. And I'm going to go into this when we go back, when we get back into the book of Revelation. So, with this regards to the 30 days specifically, I'll be watching or trying to see if we can still have access to world news and information without being caught. What happens in Jerusalem 
and the temple with the breaking of the covenant which will look like which will manifest as far as I'm concerned in the Antichrist stopping the sacrifices the Jews are offering and then setting up the abomination of desolation so so very closely I'll be paying attention to those events and the release of the mark of the beast and worldwide beast worship so all of this takes place in the middle of the seven years the three and a half years is it 30 days before? Is there a time frame between? I'll be watching for that. And then afterwards, I'll be paying attention to the times. So we'll be counting days down then in terms of our survivability and our witness during that period of time. So paying attention, having having that 30 days understanding and preparing for that 30 days to be added on at the end. So very interesting, very interesting speculation, very interesting to think about it and meditate on it and develop your own view on it and where you're going to hold it. And so my view is I'll, I will watch for all eventualities, pay attention to them all, either it's 30 days before or it's going to be 30 days after, either it's 30 days defilement or it's 30 days cleansing and judgment. And that's my view. So one of the two are going to happen. Right, let's get back to Daniel chapter 12. We're looking at verse 12. How blessed, happy, fortunate, spiritually prosperous, and beloved is he who waits expectantly, expectantly, enduring without wavering for the period of the tribulation, and comes to the 1,335th, 35 days or 35th day. So we've got another time period here. Interesting. How blessed. Now let's look at the definition of that word. Happy. How happy. How fortunate. How spiritually prosperous. How beloved. Is the man and the woman. Who waits expectantly. Enduring. Without wavering during that tribulation period and comes to day 1,335. So effectively, I'm going to be counting down during this period of time, hoping to be faithful to that day. Now, what what, what will happen during that day? What's going to happen at the end of that day? Why does he mention this day in particular? Because 1,335 day period is a month and a half longer than the 1,290 day period mentioned in the previous verse. So it's a month and a half. Now, possibly, probably, this period will end after the tribulation. So the tribulation now ends at 13290 days. This 13350 day ends after that period. You know what that means? That means the millennium reign 
of Jesus has begun. The king is on the throne. The devil in the bottomless pit. The demonic forces bound up. The antichrist, false prophet, lake of fire. The, the unjust nations judged. Our judgment taken place. Our rewards been given. And now we begin our life of a thousand year reign with Jesus before the next resurrection, which is the second resurrection of the dead. Often what we forget when we study end times is the, the, the ultimate purpose of the end times. So yes, we get, we get fascinated by, and I love being fascinated by all, the, all, all what the enemy is doing, and I get locked in on that oftentimes. But I try never to actually forget what the purpose of the seven-year period is. And the purpose of the seven-year period is that my Jesus is going to sit on his throne. And I'm going to sit right next to him. And that's going to last on this planet for a thousand years. And then it's going to go on into eternity. It will never end. I can only speculate what that 45 days are following the tribulation. Um, there's a lot of views. Some people think... Jesus is going to appear in the clouds at the end of the tribulation in Matthew 24 verse 30. And then 45 days later, he's going to descend to the earth. But my opinion, my view, is that it's going to take 45 days to accomplish the six things and finish off the three things that were prophesied in Daniel chapter 9. So 30 days to clean up the temple and get rid of the trash of the enemy, take out the trash, bind the devil, throw the antichrist, false prophet in the lake of fire, bind up his forces, judge his forces, and then basically set up the millennium reign of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then I think that that'll be that 40, I think that that'll be that 45 days. For me, that's a better option. It's nicer. I like it better. But whatever the, the, the explanation, it is an encouragement. It is an encouragement. Because the Lord didn't refer to this period of time as birth pains for nothing. Because the baby that gets born is the rule and reign of Jesus Christ forever. The fullness of time, which we discussed last week. So we've got the end of the time of the Gentiles, Nebuchadnezzar to Antichrist. We have the end of the age of the Gentiles. I've just, my mind has just slipped me with regards to what that one is, which is from resurrection to rapture. And now we've got the beginning of the fullness of time where Jesus Christ takes in everything under his control. And now we begin the reign of the Lord Jesus Christ. On earth for a thousand years. But as for you Daniel. Go your way until the end. Presumably of his life. For you will rest and rise again. For your allotted inheritance. At the end of the age. 
That is fantastic. And that is how the book of Daniel ends. A really, really encouraging um, manner, an encouraging way. The dates get given so that you know exactly what you've got to last to. There is another age coming. And no matter how bad the enemy tries to pollute the planet physically with all the, 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 the pollution, the chemtrails that are going on, with all the um, chimeras and the scientific experimentations, with all that's taking place with what they're doing with the food crops and GMOs and, you know, trying to change the DNA of, of, of everything living and splice it together with all that corruption and evil that they are doing in the physical realm, in the scientific realm, in the geopolitical realm where we, we are seeing this satanic madness being unleashed on the planet where where they're actually now beginning to promote what is evil according to the Romans chapter 1. This book ends with an encouragement to say, Blessed are you when you lost to 1,335 days because there's a new age begins then. Isaiah 11, 9 They will not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain for the, the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters covers the sea. Zechariah 9, 10 I will cut off the war chariot of Ephraim and the war horse from Jerusalem and the bow of war will be cut off, and he will speak words of peace to the nations. And his domain shall be from sea to sea absolutely endless, and from the river Euphrates to the ends of the earth. And we are going to be able to look forward to the beginning of this age. And that is why we need to follow the example of Daniel. As we get this kind of revelation we need to push in and begin to pray. Pray for this to come to earth. Matthew 6, 9. Pray then in this way. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Let your will be done here. We want this here on earth. We do not want Antichrist reign. We want Jesus Christ reign. Luke eleven two. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. So this book ends with a fantastic word of encouragement. Those who lost and are faithful during the tribulation and last to 1,335 days, you will walk into a new kingdom, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and you will begin your eternal life ruling and reigning with him. Maranatha, I say, Maranatha, Jesus, come quickly. Amen. Right, there'll be one more podcast and I'm going to be attaching to that podcast that will come and I'll also obviously inform you when I do the next podcast, a slide of an updated um, grid and all I'm going to do is basically discuss the grid and then I need to take a bit of a break from these studies for a period of time. And I'll give you my reasons in the next podcast. But um, have a great day. 
and I'll talk to you again soon. God bless.